Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. By the way, just in relation to what we're talking about, which is those industries which have been so badly affected and devastated and decimated, i.e. the nightclub industry, casinos, cinemas, the arts, actors, musicians, bands, uh, big events like the Three Arena, um, uh, Ticketmaster, for example. Has everybody forgot Ticketmaster even exists anymore? Because unfortunately, there's no events for them really to be selling tickets for. I mean, those events and those kind of industries are doomed Because if we're to listen to some of the politicians suggesting the new normal will be with us for two to three years. That's been, yeah, I'm sorry to piss you off tonight. That's been a suggestion by some politicians. And if you listen to other experts that are wheeled onto the radio and television, it could be with us for a lot longer than that. uh, Because we may not have a vaccine. Well, these industries will be decimated. And uh, we got an interesting email there. It's either John or Johan. I'm not too sure, but I think it's Johan. Uh, from uh, you know uh, within the arts, the acting, the cinema industry talks about, and the cinemas, for example, um, like for example, a hairdresser can open, all right, and you know a hairdresser is right beside you cutting your hair. Okay, they have a mask on, but they're cutting your hair. Um, you know, you can go to a restaurant and sit beside somebody in a restaurant if they're a member of your family or whatever it happens to be, or a close family or whatever friends. You can sit well a meter away from them or whatever, but you can't go to a cinema. In a cinema, they've already said they're social distanced to within an inch of their lives, which they literally are, because I was at a cinema recently. I went to see Tenet, and you're sitting in the seat, you're sitting with your partner or whatever. There's nobody sitting around you. They don't book the seats, kind of two seats around you. Uh, the back, the front, the sides. So the cinema is only a third of its capacity, roughly, in and around that. So they're already really doing a good job. And the good thing about a cinema is, in relation to transmitting a virus, is you can't move, well, I say you can't move, you see, you don't move from that place. It's unlike a restaurant or unlike a bar or like anything else that where you're moving constantly. You might be going to the jacks or you, you'd be up and down to the bar or you'd be over to your mates over in the corner or whatever, or, you know, or doing something. In a cinema, you're sitting in the one seat. Generally, you don't leave that seat till you're going home again. So you get your food, you come in, you sit down, you don't move again till you're going home. So I don't understand why they close cinemas. It doesn't make any sense. There's no real interaction apart from, say, getting your food. But like a shop, which are open, they would have a screen up when you're getting your popcorn and your Coke. So I, I, there's, there's, no under, there's no way in my mind I can understand how any of this makes sense. I don't know who comes up with the rules and who thought closing cinemas is a good idea. Because there, there's no reason to close cinemas. The same with theatre, for example. They could easily open, you know, the Gaiety and some of the other theatres and have seats empty around people, you know, and have a limited capacity. And maybe, okay, the, the presentations wouldn't be as expensive because it couldn't be, because they couldn't afford to do that on a limited capacity. But at least we could have something. Um, I don't understand why they have to close them altogether. But these people are out of a job. The point we're talking about tonight is that the former Conservative MP, Edwina Curry and also the current Chancellor Exchequer in the UK, because their COVID payment or their wage subsidy, like our wage subsidy, runs out very soon, they're saying the government are not going to keep paying you. You need to get a job in another industry. If you're a guitar player or if you're a DJ or if you're a projectionist at a cinema or a tour operator, because obviously tourism is knackered, a taxi driver who can't get work, small business owner, you need to retrain, do something else. We're not going to keep paying you, even though they destroyed your industry. Is that acceptable to say to somebody, retrain, do something else? So if I'm a 45-year-old musician in a band, a drummer, and that's all I've ever done, I played at weddings all my life or whatever, is it fair for the government to turn around to me because they won't let me do my job and say, but listen, you've got to retrain. I don't know, be a mechanic or something different. Work at a hotel. I don't know. 
that's not even safe at the moment. The number's 087-188-0008. Is it fair to ask people to retrain when it wasn't their fault their job was taken away? Michael, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Michael? How are you doing? How's things? Michael, it's a tough one, you know, because it does look like the new normal, inverted commas, is possibly with us for a long time. And even if it's not, these industries are going to be badly affected even when everything opens back up again because it'll take people a while. There's a social conditioning now, so to speak. Do you understand what I'm saying? So by social conditioning? I do indeed. Yeah. I do indeed. Yeah. So I, I think these industries are going to be badly affected. So, I mean, is it fair to say to a, a, you know, a drummer in a band that plays at weddings all his life, get out and you know, retrain and do something different? Well, I suppose this is a tsunami like we've never seen before. But like, I've had to retrain about five times in my lifetime, mm-hmm. in my career. I originally started off as a trawler mechanic. Yep. And then we joined the EEC and the Spanish boats came in and decimated that industry. So I moved into another industry. That one fell through the floor, China. Then I moved to another industry, immigrated, moved to change industry twice while immigrated, came back here, went rigging. That industry is decimated. Do you know? So I had been out of it before all this happened. I'd actually moved into but they, Yeah, but those came. industries were decimated for different reasons. Like, well, let, let, well, let me give an example. I, I, at the oh, let's, let's face it now, Niall. The only reason the Irish fishing industry was decimated was because we joined the EC, and in order to get the farmer subsidies in, they sold the fishing rights out. Mm, that's right. In yeah. the story. So, like, that was, that was what it was. Then they pulled down the trade tariffs, and we got cheap metal products in from China. No fault of the Chinese. And it, demis- it decimated the, what we call, metal bashing industry in Ireland. So a lot of us machine fitters and stuff, we all got the dole. Yeah, but see... Uh, and I get, I get what you're saying about the fishing industry, but I mean, this is not like, say, the miners in the UK, for example, when their industry was decimated because cheaper coal was coming in from Poland and stuff like that. Their industry was down the toilet anyway. The British government couldn't afford to keep subsidising it. But I mean, these industries like the wedding band industry or the, the cinema industry, they're all still very lucrative markets. The government just won't allow them to work anymore. Yeah, but sure, the fishing industry was a lucrative market for Ireland, but the government allowed in the super trawlers. So... Do you know what I mean? These so so is it Rita Curry right in saying um, you just have to get on with it? You just have to retrain and do something different? Well, can't keep paying. It'd be a cold day in hell before I'd really agree with Rita Curry. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, but, um, yeah. Who did she have? Know, it? She had an affair with John Major, didn't she? She did. Yeah. He admi- I don't remember. I yeah, remember he admitted to having a four-year affair with her or something like that. Uh, Jeez, he could have picked someone else. About her coming out saying there was no salmonella. In That's egg right, in the eggs. Was right. Yeah. <laughs> which is where she got the nickname Egwina. Egg, and was she, they, they threw eggs at her at one stage, didn't they, or something like that. I remember some protests where they threw eggs at her. That couldn't, could well be where the headline Egwina Curry came from. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like getting on to the broader issue, I mean, I worked for one company whose shipbuilding industry was decimated in Belgium, and they turned around and said, well, we have steel, we have a big warehouse, we go building stages, and they're not the biggest stage company in the world. They built the claw for you too. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, like, the one thing I don't like about subsidies is that you end up with a situation like we have in an area of the agriculture industry here in Ireland, even though I'm probably going to be getting cows at the door now next week for saying this. But, like, they've subsidised unsustainable businesses for years, and they're still subsidising them. And But you're, you saying, but you're saying unsustainable business. These are not yeah. unsustainable. And, and the difference well, between the fisheries... Yeah, but are. let me compare it to the fisheries. You that know. was one industry. 
you know, and somebody rightly points, how can you retrain 150,000 people? It costs more. It's not like you can just do a fast course and uh, have a choice or a, co- or a choice. It costs millions. In other words, there's so many people in this situation now, not just fishermen. You know, you've all different professions who have all been closed down by the government. And these professions are all still lucrative markets, like tourism, for example, or tour operators or whatever it happens to be. They're all still lucrative markets. It's just the government won't allow them to operate anymore. Yeah, but unfortunately, that's that's where we are. Do you know? So... My advice there would be, yeah, okay, put it up to them. You're saying retrain, okay, give us the training courses, give us the opportunities, prove, you know, we'll do it. But if you're not going to step up with the opportunities and the training and the new jobs, well, then you're just going to have to keep keep on paying it. But see, I, I feel sorry for somebody, say, who is just, like, I had Loanne Pearl on here a while ago. She's a lovely girl. She's been singing all her life. She's done well. She's been to Nashville. All different. She's a couple of big hits here in Ireland and she was talking to me and she was a bit annoyed at the time because the Minister for Arts had turned around and said something similar to this but mind you, she retracted her comments afterwards. But she said, this is all I know. This is what I want to do with my life. I've, you know, I've practiced all my life, singing all my life, playing guitar all my life. This is all I do. I'm a recording artist. Yeah, my father was a craft baker for 40 years. They automated, automated the baking industry. He lost his job. He had to go working as a press operator in a, a metal bashing company. But you're not comparing apples. No, you're not comparing like with like. The fact that your father's industry was decimated, similar to the printing press, by the way, but, you know, obviously at the moment everything is online and newspapers, for example, are, are struggling. But that's just because times are changing. That's a different situation. It's not a lucrative, like, you're not going to open a newspaper tomorrow. It's not a lucrative market anymore. You know, unless it's some sort of opinion piece, but even then you'll struggle. Um, but the, the singing industry and the band industry and the DJ industry, these are all still, our tourism, taxi drivers, these are all lucrative industries that are just being restricted by, you know, policies that the government are bringing in. Oh, yeah, but in a way, it's, it is still, it's for whatever reason the industry has gone now at the moment, so... Yeah, use it as an opportunity to retrain, to reskill, put it up to them. Say, right, grand, give us the training courses, give us the reskilling opportunities, give us the jobs, we'll do it. Be, you know, be seen to be willing. And some people might find, well, do you know what, I'm glad I left that industry and moved into this industry or whatever. You know, by by just giving it a chance without, um, you know, taking the knee-jerk reaction. And I don't know if you ever read a book called Where's My Cheese about three mice who all of a sudden can't find their cheese anymore. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of them keeps going back to the same place and ends up starving. Another guy goes off and finds cheese somewhere else. And another guy goes off and starts living on something else. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, yeah, it's kind of what you make out of it. I know. I, I did speak to a guy know? last night. He was a friend of mine. He was a former bar manager. And he's just taking up a job at PayPal um, uh, because obviously he just felt the industry's never going to get back to the way it was. But stay there for a second because, Pat, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Pat? Hi, Niall. Uh, you're a taxi driver. Exactly. I'm yeah, Niall, yes. Your industry is kind of in a tatters at the moment. It's in bits. Gone. Mm-hmm. What happened to the protest? Was there a protest today? Well, yeah, there was. But uh, I'm Drotter. Drotter taxi. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. And in Drotter, it's just gone downhill so much. And what's happening now, Niall, is, and I don't blame them, is some Dublin taxi drivers are coming down to Drotter. To get business, that long for a run, yeah. To get business, Noel. That's what's happening. Are they allowed? Are have, they allowed to do that? Yep, yeah, but you'd have a loud, you'd have a loud uh, plate to do that as well. You know, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. So they're coming down here, and my God, my Noel, I walked seven hours 
for 43, uh, 43 euro. So and how much did you spend on diesel in that time? Well, you wouldn't spend a lot because you're sitting on the rank. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know? Well, so, when uh, it comes to the winter and you have the heat on a little bit, you will be spending that. Oh, you, you best believe it, Noel, and it's really gone. Real. I've, I've used savings of my own money to keep myself going for my own sanity. And how much, in the good days, going back to this time last year, seven eight, seven hours, how much would you normally get? It's, well, it's the same 100, 150? You would, around 130, 140 in a good day, yeah. Right, okay, so you're about, you're about 60 to 70% down in your take. 100%. Yeah. 100%, yeah. 100%. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you make of the suggestion by, you know, some of these ex-chancellors of exchequers in the UK and also here in Ireland too, and Edwina Curry on the radio the other day saying, well, look, I'm sorry, but your industry has been badly affected by COVID-19. doesn't look like it's ever going to come back to normal in the near future. Go off and do something different. But so what can I do at 55, now? Well, like, th- I'm not training. Like, like, okay, I started off at the cobbler at 15 years of age, with no education whatsoever. Then my father got me into a job, which I lasted 18 years, which was a fantastic job, great money. I left there on the taxi business. You so, saw, what did you say, you were a cobbler? I was a cobbler, I was a cobbler yeah. I worked in, actually worked Well, that in industry is knackered as well, because obviously yeah, there's cheap shoes coming in from all over Europe, I yeah. Worked, I worked in J.H. Waddington's, Noel, you might remember that, in, in uh, Dern and Drada. Right, okay. I've been I've been yeah. I've been in Drada quite a lot over my years, by the way, because I've worked there quite a bit. By the way, I used yeah, to work at a nightclubs there. It's actually where Scotch Hall is now, by the way. That's oh, where Waddington's was. Yeah. yeah, I used to work in Earth, oh. Earth nightclub, and I used to work in the Rossnerie as well. In the, oh, in the day, Rossnerie many times. Yeah, the place. Yeah, the place is right. The place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah. But getting onto the onto the serious side of it, Noel, I've no chance in life now, none whatsoever. You know, I can't train, I can't... Like, I wouldn't be capable of doing anything else but taxi work. Absolutely nothing else. It is a job that a lot of lads and ladies nowadays, too, go go into when... I'm not saying when they've nothing else, but maybe when they don't have another skill. It was a good job to go into to make a few quid. It was before the fourth crash, and then everybody bought plates, and then over flooded the taxi business, and it killed it. At yeah. the end of the day, when I started off Post Nile, I was earning serious money. I was earning super money. This was before 2008. This is when the boom time. Yeah. But when the crash came, by God, I sat. So. And it would, I would imagine it was starting to come back a little bit, was it? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%, Noel. You could get your week's wages and maybe put a few quid by. It was coming back. Now it's gone and it will not come back. No, I mean, I mean, well, so hang on, Michael. I mean, you listen to Pat there. He's fifty-five years of age. You know, the only other skill he has is a cobbler. That's not much use nowadays, unfortunately, with mass-produced shoes coming from Italy and from France and all sorts of places. Now, I mean, so realistically, what's he going to do? Reskill, reskill at what, Michael? To be honest with you, that's not a question I can answer. But like, I'm the same age as him, and I'm looking down the barrel of reskilling again myself. Well. Yeah, yeah, well, you, your industry is knacker too, yeah. Let's okay. go out and, and see what, what opportunities are out there. But, but I can see your industry coming back quicker than his. Because Well, I'm out of the entertainment rig, and I've been out of that for a couple of years, but that industry, that's blackness ass for the next two or four years. That's not coming back anytime soon. It'll so be you, one of the last wait, So you don't, you don't you see, know. like, you know, the three arena with you two in it for the next oh, two no, or three no. years at least? I don't see Crow Park. I don't see the Aviva gigs. 
you know, I don't see anything like that coming back for two or three years. It'll be one of the last things that'll restart. You know, so like... Well, and, know, and, and like by the way, that has a knock-on effect because the likes of Pat and other taxi drivers would get their business from big events like that. I'm sorry, what's that last name? His, na- his name is Michael. Michael, how are you doing, Michael? Let's how are you doing, Pat? How are things? But you're, awesome. didn't, didn't they already screw ye when they deregulized and... Wasn't there a lot of tax? Ah, uh, don't mention the deregulation word. Uh, <laughs> no, spent big money on players. Two, and all 2001, the wasn't it? 2001 deregulation. Yeah. I know you went off today. You're all, like, you were educated enough to go off and do something else. I'm not. I, like, I, I'm, I'm I, I left school at 15. <laughs> yeah, but I had absolutely no education. That's another day's uh, work with Noel, by the way. A long story. So I have no education whatsoever. No, but no, again, I can't uh, go on. Like I, I, you kind of would class me as maybe dyslexic or something. You know me, like no, Pat. Pat, I mean, hold on. Success is not based on academic education. Not all the time, certainly. Anyway, absolutely. I know a lot of people are very successful and left school. You know, at fifteen or sixteen years of age. Yeah, yeah. Like myself, and I am successful. I was successful in, in the taxi business. I worked for the HSC. I bust me buff for sixteen, seventeen hours a day. Keep myself going and making good money. It's all gone. What else do we do? Mm. See, it's a tough one, Michael. And it's not, to turn around to Pat and say, "But sure, go and learn how to do something else." It's a bit disrespectful, I think. Well, particularly when it's not his fault; it's all been taken away. He was fine up to March. Oh yeah, but sure, so was a lot of us. And I part of my problem with what she said and what has been said is the way it's been said. I mean. You know, if, if Pat got an opportunity to go in, sit down with a sympathetic career counsellor, go through his skills. I'm sure Pat has loads of life skills, loads of people skills, which I don't have. Don't put me in a room with a customer because I guarantee you to lose his contract. Like, <laughs> do you know, but whereby Pat would probably be the Pat is taxi driver and talk the hind legs off anybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you best believe it, Noel. You yeah. best believe it. Yeah, you know, That's what so we're good at, That's what we're good at. So, but, you know, uh, so straight away there are skills. So, again, and a proper sympathetic... Um, career advisor that can sit down, talk to you, point out options. You never know what they might come up with. But if you say, that's me finished, I'm at 55, I'm on the scrap heap, like, that's what no, you're going to get. I will try and keep going. I will try my best to keep going. For the next year or two, I was never, ever on the dole. I was never, ever. i had done the COVID payment for a couple of weeks, and I got pissed off. Excuse me, language, uh, Noel. I got pissed off at that. And back at the work, I was losing money, but I got back at the work for my own sanity. Mm. Well, 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 hang on a second. Let me just go to Pauline as well. Pauline, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Pauline? Hi, Nia. How are you doing, Pauline? Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you're talking about um, Adelina Curry, what? It was, well, she said it on radio during the week here in Ireland, yeah. yeah like Don't even ask, no, ask me what she was doing on Irish radio. but She was giving out saying that these types of people, and it was very disrespectful the way she spoke about musicians, actors, DJs, people who work in cinemas, taxi drivers, you know, those people whose industries have been decimated by COVID-19, they should just reskill and get another job that the government can't afford to keep paying them, you know, the 350 a week. Yeah, well, she's nice and comfortable now at her age. Like, she doesn't have to worry about the future. But No, she's, have, she has a nice par- 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 yeah. parliamentary pension, I would imagine. Yeah, like like the Irish government and the ones who were in government, uh, those related, as in past uh, sea shops and all that co- load of cobblers that mm. we're all, all the taxpayers are forking out the money for. 
including what we were talking about last week. What's the Viagra tablets? Oh, the Viagra tablets. Viagra tablets. It's absolutely... I mean, the head of the HSE is um, a phone technician. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious what's going on in this country. And, you know, these people, you have a chap there, one man saying taxi driver, the other guy saying, um, Michael, I think that his name is, no disrespect, and not a good name, uh, that we should restore. I have many stills. I have done catering. I've done picture framing. I've done many things. But I, as many, I'm a brilliant cook, I think. But anyway, as many things as I love to do, and I can do, or I could make a living doing, Everybody has a passion and a destiny, and it's, there's something that you absolutely love doing, like acting or entertaining or whatever. It's not any more or less valuable than somebody who is an academic, for example. And your passion, you only have, well, you have more than a life if you believe in, in my faith. But anyway, here, when we're here on this planet, we have to fulfill a destiny. And if it's in your heart and your passion is to to follow a particular career. That's a gift. And people should be allowed to do that for that and should be encouraged to do that. It's like everybody... Well, I mean, well, it is. I mean, put this way, I couldn't train to be a musician. Yeah, because, because it's, a, it's, a, it's a passion, it's a skill, it's a particular skill. I think yeah. that a lot of people are born with. An actor, yeah. I maybe I could train to be an actor, I probably wouldn't be a very good one. Um, mm. I could obviously be a DJ. Um, yeah. So th- yeah. I mean, th- these skills are... You know, Michael, these are different... The skills that seem to be affected mostly, with the exception of, say, taxi driver, and I'm not suggesting everybody can be a taxi driver. You need to know your way around the city, too. But, I'd I mean, be hopeless. I'd get lost all the time. <laughs> so would I. Uh, but yeah. these... And I don't think I could put up with someone sitting beside me in the car all day talking to me. I'd just bore me. I'd end up punching them. Uh, but, yeah. but, but in saying that, Michael, these types of skills, musician, DJ, actor, they're very specific. I mean, they're people who have a passion for what they do. And they're people who have a particular... It's a, I believe it's, a, it's not a nurture, it's a gift. Yes, absolutely. And if you can make money at the thing you love doing the most, you'll have one very happy life. But unfortunately, you can't make money at the moment. So it, yeah. it's not like, you know, they can go off and do something. Well, I'm sure they can yeah. do something else, Michael, but it's a bit unfair to tell them to do something else. But sir, Niall, do you not think that I have a passion for machinery? Do you not think that I have a passion for engineering? I read engineering books in my spare time. I watch engineering documentaries in my spare time. I know, I do watch them myself. You remind me of myself, Michael, because, you You know... know, It's me passion, but, like, I can't expect the government to constantly keep paying me because I can't pursue my passion when possibly there's something else out there similar that I can earn across that. And, like, I mean, if you look back in history, the greatest artists, the greatest writers, they all had full-time jobs. They did their craft as something that it in part-time. It's only in the last 30 to 40 years that you've got a lot of, you know, professional musicians. The dream used to be, back in the day, to be a professional musician. Most musicians, they worked full-time, they did gigs at the weekend, they bought their gear, and it was their hobby, it was their passion. And, and it was a few quid in the pocket, yeah. And yeah, but I think did, you're looking at that from a different perspective. I, uh, for, my, for myself, for example, like I said, I've done many things my, my background would be the hotel industry and childcare, as in um, play school and that kind of thing. But all through my life, I loved anything to do with horticulture, but I didn't realise it was my passion. And then in later life, all I, want, all I want to do is anything to do with horticulture and nature. But because I was able, because I loved it, I never thought about making a living from it. I thought you had to just go and get a job. And that is what the majority of people are doing with their life. And they're not happy. The punching in the hours every day, 
So turn around to them and say to people who have a passion for what they do, and God knows what's in RTE, we need people who are passionate about um, <laughs> acting and things like that. But to turn around and tell them to reskill, it's not about, it's not just about skill. It's about what's in your heart and what you love doing. And, and, and the fact that they were making decent money up to now doing it, and now we've told them they're not allowed to make money anymore. And by the way, I wanted to get back to the cinemas, for example. I, I don't understand the logic of a lot of these restrictions. It's okay to go to, you know, a doors in a restaurant, go to a, a hairdresser's, go into a Tesco's or whatever it happens to be, where people are passing by each other, etc., etc. Well, you can't go to a cinema where you're sitting down and you're, not, and you're not even moving around. None of this makes any sense, Michael. Well, I, I mean, I, I'll have another completely different discussion with you about the COVID restrictions and where my stand is on them. And, I mean, the situation where you couldn't go to a cinema, but you could go to a football match. Mm-hmm. And you could go to the clubhouse afterwards. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. Or you can't go in with your missus to get a scan for your new baby, uh, but you can go to the restaurant across the road and sit right beside each other and be served by a waitress. Yeah, it, exactly. that's, I mean, that's illogical. Listen, lads, I have to wrap it up. I've run out of time. Pat, thank you very much. Pat, I wish no, you well. Thanks very much. Then. I wish oh, you well, you Pat. Pat. All right, thanks very much. And Michael, you too, and Pauline as well. Okay, after the break, uh, Sarah and Ashley will be in, and we'll.